0: I'm Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. We're on the 11th lesson now of our study in Genesis. This time we're looking uh, at the first of at least two lessons now, looking at the life of Joseph. And this one is ooh, titled Joseph, Master <laughs> of Dreams. Ooh. Uh, but that, that's a very, very big title kind of thing, uh, kind of grand. But it essentially, if I'm not mistaken, looks at the life of Joseph and the, in the first And the memory
1: verse half. then they said to one another, <laughs> Look, this dreamer is coming. If you want to get started on Memory Versus, this is one of the this weeks a to do week it. good week to
0: do it. Well, right. congratulations to you for, for being an example to all the young'uns. <laughs> right. But, uh, we, I mean, there are no other um, preliminary things we need to discuss. No. Uh, We're getting into Joseph this Joseph and his life, all aspects of it, are probably very well known to most people. So I'm looking forward to drawing out some lessons for life application from those stories. Um, But I tell you what, why don't I have a word of prayer, and then you can take us through this week's talking points. All right, let's do that. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to study your word. Thank you for the life and story of Joseph in particular and the lessons that still apply to us to this day. Please, Lord, help us to learn those lessons and apply them in our lives and by your grace become more like Jesus. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. First of all... When we're dealing with this... Of course, you mentioned that this is dealing with the story of Joseph. This lesson actually introduces the story of Joseph. Next week's lesson kind of concludes it. Yes. But the story of Joseph takes many chapters, and I think every chapter could be a talking points
0: episode. Yeah, there's a Just lot a, of depth yes. in here. Yes.
1: Really great story, the story of
0: Joseph. Well, I noticed also that the lesson talked about how Joseph occupies more space in the book of Genesis than any other patriarch. Like he's kind of the, you would think, oh, it's got to be Abraham or Moses. Like actually, Joseph gets more ink, if you will.
1: Yes, indeed. Now, um, it just reminded me as we reviewed this lesson beforehand, I didn't bring this up, but... I'm going to bring up my three talking points, but I totally skipped Tuesday's lesson, and I probably studied it more than anything else in this week's lesson. <laughs> you studied <laughs> it and said, like, nope, we're the not going The story there. of Judah and Tamar, uh. not because—it just—the reality is, if you read commentators, it actually—the um, lesson kind of wants to tie it a little bit to Joseph's, you know, the the condition of— uh, anyway, it happened before the account of Joseph being sold into slavery. So it's not in chronological order? It's an interesting order. story, but there's just so much else to cover okay. in this week. So I'm not discouraging study of it. it it's a fascinating study, but we're not sticking going with Joseph to do it this week All right. Um, in talking points. Talking point number one is the Bible is a book for parents. Mm. And uh, we've drawn that primarily from Sunday's lesson. Number two, God is constantly working out his divine plan. We've well, drawn yeah, that's the, probably
0: one of the overarching things you can take from all <laughs> right. of Joseph. Like, <laughs> the story of Joseph. Okay. God's got
1: a plan. That's Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. And then whatever you... In fact, I could have included Judah and Tamar in that, but anyway. And then number three, talking point number three, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. That's mm. taken largely from Wednesday's lesson. All right. Well, let's go back to the beginning now. The,
0: uh, it's interesting you honed in on the parenting aspect. The Bible a book for parents because really we, we sometimes think of individual experiences or something mm-hmm. but this is a storyline of family history right and yes. uh, there's got to be some application still today
1: well and certainly when you open the story of Joseph i mean the big thing in the story of Joseph is his being sold into slavery that's mm. that's where you get the coat of many colors and the and the rivalry and the jealousy and then he's sold All that stemmed from parenting. Mm. And the lesson highlights that. In fact, Sunday's lesson asks the question what family dynamic predisposed Joseph's brothers to hate him so much? And Mm. when we go to Genesis chapter 37, we see that uh, the Bible's very clear. Here I am looking in the New Testament. (laughs) It's not going to be there, folks. Genesis 37. In fact, why don't you read verses 1 through
0: 5? Sure. It says, Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being seventeen years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Why? Uh, well, that's good there. Good. That, and yep. then it
1: goes into the dreams he had, which just exacerbated the problem. But it yeah. tells us that Jacob loved Joseph more. And I have in my notes, I mean, he clearly showed a preference. Number one, the Bible says he was a son of his old age. Right. I don't know if you're familiar with the statement, and I didn't bring it into the lesson, but Ellen White in one place says that parents, uh, I'm sorry, grandparents should not raise the children of their, Mm. uh, and, and of course you had to understand the context. I know a lot of grandparents do this because they have to, right. but the point she's making is in the, in the broader sense that a grandparent tends to be a little bit more indulgent and Uh. every grandparent knows that even my, I don't have grandkids yet, but my kids are out of the out of the home. My daughter Uh were empty nesters. My daughter just started her first year in college this year, but I'm a lot more indulgent than I was when the kids are little and I don't know. That's that's, who, a, that's a, not a I, confession. That's there. There. I really want to dive into that.
0: We don't have time, but I'd love to to understand. But they're just
1: but. I don't know. Uh, but evidently, this was the case with Jacob. Okay. You know, Joseph. Number one, he was a son of his old age. I right. mean, what is that? Why is it? Tell, you know, it's implying that because he was a son of his old age, he favored him more. Well,
0: knowing also the story of Jacob and the and mm-hmm. issues of his family. Oh, you sure. know, the, the Rachel and Leah and the Bilhah and the Zilpah and and finally Rachel, the one he had first loved, and it's old age now, gives him this like. There's a lot of layers to this affection.
1: That's right. Um, you touched on the fact he was Rachel's son, and right. Rachel was the wife that he wanted, and he From got. The very beginning, uh, yeah, and the whole, and so that endeared Joseph to him, and of course Rachel was gone, and so all of this mm. led to an indulgence of Joseph. Um, why don't you read what it says there in Patriarchs and Prophets 209? Yeah,
0: said so Jacob unwisely manifested his preference for Joseph, and this excited the jealousy of his other sons. That's so interesting, like. It's not that he unwisely had a preference, which I pro- you probably shouldn't yes. have a preference, but the manifestation of it. Like, that, why does the Bible talk about the tunic of many colors? Right, mm-hmm. that was a visible sign that I like this one more, and it's right. just, that, that's just not a <laughs> smart
1: think, move. Right, let's not go there. Well, and then you have the issue. Jo- these are not Joseph's natural half brothers, mm-hmm. and so you you some of the family tie is not as strong as you've grown up together, and they're. You got half-brothers from different mothers and this, that, and yeah. the other. And so then there's the contention and the rivalry and all of this leads, points us back to the whole, uh, the, the parenting and the the situation, jo- the family dynamics Joseph grew up yes. in. And that's not there for accident, by accident mm-hmm. in the Scripture. Those things are recorded. Uh, in fact, it says in Patriarchs and Print, no, 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 no. Um, Yeah, in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 55, now this is in the context of speaking Mm of Adam and Eve's sin, but you'll get the principle here. It says, All the lessons which God has caused to be placed on record in his word are for our warning and instruction. They are given to save us from deception. Their neglect will result in ruin to ourselves. Whatever contradicts God's word, we may be sure proceeds from Satan. Mm. So here it's telling us that God, what he puts on record in his word is therefore for our admonition. It's a lesson for us, which, of course, those are the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 10. And-
0: well, and you're, t- you're highlighting the parenting aspect here with Jacob mm-hmm. and Joseph, but this goes back in the history of the whole children of Israel, you know, yes. before this, even uh, obviously the children of Israel were through Jacob, but you know what I mean, Abraham, Isaac, and all the, the lineage there. You know the Abraham Hagar thing. How yeah. did that work out for everybody? Right. Yeah. The, then you well,
1: have, and how did it? And, and you think, of course, you've got the the adults as well, but think of the the children. children. Yeah, the next generation Ishmael, is affected by about how, Ishmael and Isaac. How right. did that work out? And you go back to the story of Lot.
0: Yeah. Well, Lot's another one. His I mean, daughters. Just, and yes. The, and the decisions the, Lot made, and the raising of his daughters, and where they were raised, and how they were raised, and the, it, it's just the tragic downstream effects of some of these parental choices yes. is. And it's almost hard to underestimate it's uh yeah overestimate i don't know if i'm saying And that so right the
1: thing. reason i've included this here is it, it's so often there's this dare i say mindlessness in christianity today where it's like well i'm just going to believe in jesus but as far as what to do in this life i have no idea i'm just going to go through and take a stab at it like a pin <laughs> the tail on the donkey when god has given clear direction in his word now mm. um the, the situation with Jacob, much of it resulted from the polygamy, the multiple wives and what yes. have you. And there's a statement on that from Patriarchs and Prophets. I wonder if you'd read that. This 208. the result of polygamy were manifest in the household. This terrible evil
0: tends to dry up the very springs of love and its influence weakens the most sacred ties. The jealousy of the several mothers had embittered the family relation. The children had grown up contentious and impatient of control. And the father's life was darkened with anxiety and grief.
1: Now, of course, I'm going to say that most of our viewers are going to look at this and immediately, like, this is Jacob and polygamy, and we don't believe in polygamy, et cetera, et cetera. But I will tell you that the principle pointed out here Mm. modern day polygamy is promiscuity. Multiple partners, Mm. multiple. In other words, there was a day when Christians believed that you would get married and your sexual relation was in the marriage Mm -hmm. relationship. You'd have children with one person. And now, even among Christians, that's old fashioned. But what that results in this is the very thing it's trying to tell us. You can't have multiple mm. uh, uh, intimate partners and not dry up the springs of love. You just can't mm. give that kind of intimate love to everybody. Mm. And so these principles still apply today. And you're going to be people who are going to read polygamy and say, well, at least I don't do that. That, that was
0: a far back yes. thing or a far away thing. It's not a here Or that met, met, like that's a, like an offshoot Mormon thing or something. But the point you're trying to make is it's, like I think about polyamory as it's known as day, like multiple, yeah. or just what you said, promiscuity or you know and then you try to build a life after all that and cobble it together in these yes. weird and that's exactly the same situation you see here
1: well we're both yeah. pastors and pastors have an inside track on this that most of the viewers don't and that is we counsel with people before marriage we mm. perform ceremonies and we often pick up the pieces afterwards mm. and i I've told people I wish that some folks had worked with as many couples, in this situation. And they wouldn't thumb their nose at some of this stuff anymore. They're like, wow. There's some truth there. There's some truth there. Mm. And just like that statement we just read, uh, these warnings in Scripture are given to save us from deception. Their Mm. neglect will result in ruin to ourselves. We see that in the situation of Jacob. It brought anxiety. Now, praise the Lord. He can work through those things. But Let's aim for the, the high ground. So that's, <laughs> well,
0: coming talk, back to the story of Genesis, I mean, yes. Joseph here, uh, it sounds like, oh, now we're just headed down a parenting thing, but that is baked into the Joseph story. In fact, yes. that's the headwaters of the Joseph story. It, it is. And so to, to neglect that in the conversation in Sabbath school would kind of be really missing a large point.
1: It sure would. So that transitions us to talking point number two, God is constantly, constantly working out his divine plan. of course, in the story of Joseph, and we don't get to the conclusion, you're going to get to this next week. But mm-hmm. in Genesis 45, he tells his brothers, God sent me before you. Like, don't be this. God allowed this thing to happen. Mm-hmm. And because of that experience Joseph had, that that overindulgence of his father, it mm. had actually worked into him character traits. God had big plans for Joseph. Mm-hmm. And I believe he has big plans for each one of us, but he also knows what. Character faults will stand in the way of him accomplishing those purposes, mm-hmm. and he saw that in Joseph. And so, the the experience of Joseph, though not God's direct will that his brothers sell him into slavery, God allowed these things to happen because He saw they were needful to work out some in, of Joseph.
0: These, in Joseph. In Joseph, that, see that's the part that because you could think like, well, clearly Jacob shouldn't shown the preference, and he shouldn't have the whole multiple right, and those brothers shouldn't been so temperamental and so sensitive and so cruel and poor Joseph is just this pure victim going through this thing Mm. but though he is clearly a victim let's not right discount that there's there's a statement that talks about and I think we're going to read it next about how the favoritism shown to Joseph actually not only damaged the brothers but it damaged Joseph himself Mm. like it was bad for him to be petted and to be favored and to be privileged in this way and there were some things that had to be worked out of his character before he could be prepared for higher service
1: you're spinning me off on another talking point practically (laughs) because i think to myself of you know joseph was a victim but you see the impact of true conversion Mm. like when his what would most even christians do when those brothers came around Mm. the fact that joseph is like listen don't sweat this god meant it for good Water well, clearly he said
0: that like 40 years later, you know, it, it took some <laughs> yes, time. It
1: did take some time. And that's, but that's
0: fact, the growth we're talking about.
1: Exactly. Why don't you read that Patriarch and Prophecy statement, page 213.
0: In the providence of God, even this experience was to be a blessing to him. This is referring to the mm-hmm. sold into slavery. He had learned in a few hours that which years might not otherwise have taught him. His father, strong and tender as his love had been, had done him wrong by his partiality and indulgence. This unwise preference had angered his brothers and provoked them to the cruel deed that had separated them from his home, him from his home. Its effects were manifest also in his own character, that is, in the character of Joseph. Faults had been encouraged that were now to be corrected. Mm. So, and, and if you read through, I would encourage people to read through the rest of oh, the context was, of that chapter because excellent. you know you, you watch him. Crying as he can see his household, and dawning realization: I'm never seeing my dad yes. again. My brothers have done this to me. I don't know where I'm going next. The only thing I've got is God, and mm-hmm. and he he grows up. Yeah. In a matter, I mean, on the way to Egypt, he he gets to Egypt as a different Joseph. We've, we've yeah. had ex-
1: points in our our kids don't like us talking about it, but mm-hmm. you know, my wife and I've had, and you'll have these conversations mm-hmm. that it's about time for a Joseph experience. That's what mm-hmm. we call it. Mercy, because that that. You know, everybody has to have a Joseph experience. Yes, I mean, so we've true. all got this character. Even mm. It's interesting to me that even Jacob, like you think this night of wrestling, that was it. He finally yeah. overcame. And this is and Jacob after the wrestling. He has yes. to go through yes. these 20 plus years with his son thinking he's dead and all this. Stuff. Yeah. But the Lord allows what he allows because he's fitting us for the places he has to serve. So and true. of course, the story of Joseph goes on to the dreams. The, the, the lesson highlights the dreams of Pharaoh, first with the butcher and the baker. Yeah, in the prison, yeah. In the prison. And if it weren't for those dreams that God allowed, gave Pharaoh and gave Joseph the interpretation, it would not have brought Joseph before Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And then the Pharaoh's dreams of the famine exalted Joseph into that place of rulership where God had all the time designed him to be, but in order to get him there— like none of this stuff happened by accident. It's yeah, I, fascinating. I would love it's so interesting
0: too because Joseph has this
1: trust that the dreams
0: are true as God and explains them, right? But he's had his own dream where he's going to ruling his brothers and stuff and here he is in slavery mm-hmm. in a prison, but he still trusts that dreams come true even though he hasn't seen the main one come true yet. He's like the the cup thing that's going to work out and he's going to explain it. And so he still has this confidence of God that the prophecies will come true. He's steadfast in his faith, even though in his own experience, he mm-hmm. hasn't seen the fulfillment of what God has given him so long ago. That's right. Anyway. Uh, whole...
1: Quarterly says at the last uh, paragraph on Thursday's lesson, how fascinating. Thanks to God, Joseph goes from ruler over Potiphar's house to ruler over the prison to ruler over all Egypt. What a powerful story about how even amid what looks like what look like terrible circumstances, God's providences are revealed. True. And it is a power, what a powerful story. Well, that leads us into talking point number three, uh, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. And this <laughs> that is sounds taken, like you didn't
0: make that one up. That sounds like <laughs> a <Egesiastes> biblical principle. That's <laughs> chapter
1: nine, verse 10. That's right. And, uh, but that's built on the question that Wednesday's lesson begins with. Wednesday's lesson asks, In the light of the example of Joseph's working as a manager under Potiphar, what are the factors that led to his success? Interesting. To to such success. And, you know, the thing that seems obvious to me from reading the story of Joseph is, I mean, you think of the attitude, and you could go to Daniel and similar stories, think of the attitude that he could have had as a slave. Oh, yeah. You're like, Potiphar, forget it. I'm not working for you. I'm not going to do anything. I was sold. I was taken away from my family. And it's I... almost a
0: justifiable, um, not, not negligence of duty, but just apathy. Like, I don't care because mm-hmm. what's the point? What am I going to get out of this? It's a bitterness
1: that you could say is, oh, that makes sense. Right. But from the best we can see, Joseph applied himself and was faithful. In the littlest of duties as a slave, and it, it brought to mind a couple passages of Scripture that are, that are almost identical. One is Colossians 3.23. I'm going to ask if you read that one. Sure. And then I'm going to read Ephesians 6, 6, and 7.
0: All right. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatever you do,
1: do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men. In Ephesians 6, 6, and 7, where, in fact, I'll start with verse 5, 5 through 7, bondservants, be obedient to those who are ma- your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Three times right. there, as to Christ, as to Christ, as to the Lord. And this is how Joseph worked. He didn't act like he was a slave of men, but a servant of God. And that's how he carried himself, and it was recognized. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's. It's so interesting that that's. uh, That seems to be a biblical principle that transcends time and place. Like Mm -hmm. Paul's writing about a New Testament, Joseph exhibits it in the Old Testament way back in Genesis. That, what again, what Ecclesiastes, whatever you your hand finds do. Do it. Yeah. Do it well, heartily, with your, might. With your yes. Like So don't scrimp even in stuff you don't want to do or don't like to do. Just do the hard
1: things and do it. I've told the story, and I don't have time to get into all the detail here, but one of my first jobs, when I first got married and I was going to school, going back to school, but I started, anyway, I got a job for a building contractor, and he, he had me go. In fact, I, it was an electrical contractor, and there was a guy who was starting a building company that was a friend of the boss, and he wanted to borrow me for a day to have me sweep out a custom house. And he took me to a job site, and he just there I was by myself all day. Well, I swept that house, I want to tell you, and I had learned good work ethic earlier on. Mm-hmm. He was so impressed with the way that I swept that house, he re- requested I be as personal. Uh, uh, Laborer, and hmm. you know, it, it it actually opened the way for a lot of to job opportunities. To sweep a lot more houses. The, no, no, no. Uh, a lot Action of job opportunities. And upward. In, yeah. So, and time doesn't permit the whole story, but the point is, the Lord sometimes tests us with those opportunities. Hmm. And the lesson. It's interesting. The lesson in uh, Wednesday's lesson, the last paragraph, kind of part way through here, it says, "Whatever his gifts, however, the text makes it clear that in the end, it was God." only God who brought him success. It quotes from Genesis uh, 39-23, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. And then the lesson continues, how important that all who are gifted, all who are successful, remember where it all comes from. And I think it's an excellent point of the lesson, but I'll tell you that sometimes we read that stuff and we want to read it passively. Yeah, it's all the Lord. So Joseph, you know, goes to the prison, uh, goes to Potiphar's house, sits down in the corner and prays, kneels mm-hmm. down in the corner and prays. No, he worked. And so mm-hmm. what you see is that it, the Lord brought him success, but he didn't do it passively.
0: Well, there's a statement in Patriarch's Prophets mm. 2.14 that speaks exactly that point. She writes, The marked prosperity which attended everything placed under Joseph's care was not the result of a direct miracle, mm-hmm. but his industry, care, and energy were crowned with the divine blessing. Joseph attributed his success to the favor of God, and even his idolatrous master accepted this as the secret of his unparalleled prosperity.
1: What what an incredible statement. Mm. So Joseph, it, it wasn't a direct miracle, she says. His industry, his care, and he gave all he had, but he didn't take any credit to himself. He knew it was the Lord. Yeah. He gave all credit to the Lord. Pharaoh knew he'd gave all credit to the Lord, but that didn't stop him from doing everything he could. And what a powerful witness that
0: is when things go amazingly well because of the industry that the Lord is encouraging you to do and then you do it and then you give favor to God like to see that there's this idea of God and you're the manifestation of its results. Yes. And and that
1: has to it has to really convict other people that there's something here, you know. Well, you look at this whole thing we're talking about this development of jo- Joseph's character. And it was it was things like that. Mm. That he didn't wait until he was over the storehouses of Egypt to be diligent. Right. Exactly. He did it when he was sweeping Potiphar's house. And then step by step God was able to take that and hone that and develop that into something that yes. could be used on a higher plane. Well and you
0: see that even in in, you know, there's the concept in, in the scripture about he who is faithful in small things will be entrusted with larger yes. things, right? And I try to teach this lesson to my kids now that there are no big things. There's only a whole lot of little things. Just do all the That's little things. And so whether it's true. cleaning your room or whether it's, you know, uh, uh, doing a chore list or whatever the thing that you mm. have in your work. I got to do these things. I saw I saw a meme yesterday. I don't usually say like and it really changed my life as meme, <laughs> But essentially, it's like if you want to have less stress about your task list, here's the secret. Do the tasks. <laughs> like mm. if you want to not have this pressure and. And, and I think that's, that's such an important point that sometimes we, we assume that, oh, there's this bigger thing coming, and I'm preparing for this bigger thing. Well, when you get to the big thing, it's just the next small thing. They're all small things.
1: Yeah. I don't have this in the notes, but you just jogged my memory with it. It's in Patriarchs and Prophets 252. In this story, it says, there are few who realize the influence of the little things of life upon the development of character. Come on now. Nothing with which we have to do is really small the varied uh, so you're telling your kids the truth. <laughs> yes.
0: well now she says nothing is small and i'm thinking everything is small but the 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 point is still the same yes yeah.
1: yes the point is the same the varied circumstances that we meet day to day day by day are designed to test our faithfulness and to qualify us for greater trust by adherence to principle and the transactions of ordinary life the mind becomes accustomed to hold the claims of duty above those of pleasure and inclination mm, you're training your brain yes. To be faithful. For service, yes. And the, the Lord is training through that. And another statement that I do have in the notes from Christ Object Lessons 331 says, A noble character is earned by individual effort through the merits and grace of Christ. God gives the talents, the powers of the mind. We form the character. Because oh, character is sure. formed by choices. God can't make mm. our choices for us. So all those principles we see in the story Talk of Joseph about exhibited.
0: a rich well, a deep well for Sabbath school discussion. Yes. I mean, the parenting thing, that could be a whole lesson. Yeah. This right here could be I a lesson. There's such good stuff here. Yeah.
1: Well, anyway. I think in the interesting, uh, the conclusion I put that uh, a thing that really spoke to me in this lesson is that Joseph never forgot the lessons of his youth. On Friday's lesson, it quotes, in fact, why don't you read that from Education, page 52. It finishes up on Friday with this quote, and it's just fascinating.
0: In the crisis of his life... When making that terrible journey from his childhood home in Canaan to the bondage which awaited him in Egypt, looking for the last time on the hills that hid the tents of his kindred, Joseph remembered his father's God. He remembered the lessons of his childhood, and his soul thrilled with the resolve to prove himself true, ever to act as became a subject of the King of Heaven.
1: So we talk about in the lesson the character development and parenting, and there is not a parent I know of. I'm a parent. You're a parent. Your kids are much younger. Mine. I have a, my um, I, my kids are 18 and 27. You know, out of the house now. But you're always a parent. Mm. And parents. I've never met a parent who can't look at their 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 parenting and say, oh, "I wish I would have done that different. I could have done mm. that better, etc." And how much could j you know Jacob in the yeah, story, thinking, Jacob, in this story but yeah. here in this, what this is telling us is, despite the weaknesses, the dysfunction of home, anything else, yet the lessons that the parents gave of faithfulness to God stuck with Joseph, and mm-hmm. I just want to encourage our parents you know be keep teaching the kids those lessons you 're going to make mm-hmm. your mistakes, repent before God, give those things over to him, but trust that he's still going to save your children here joseph Mm -hmm. remembered those lessons of his childhood that his parents gave him despite their own weaknesses and god was able to raise him and exalt him to this mighty worker for in his cause yeah that's such a
0: that's such a great point and i know we need to close but i love that point about how you know, the Lord can sift out those, those foibles in our own experience mm-hmm. and translate into the kids' minds those lessons. And then they can choose whom they will serve. Yes. And those choices for every generation are so important. And, Amen. Oh, all right. Well, there are going to be great Sabbath school lessons from this, uh, studies from it, I'm sure. And so we just, let's close with the Lord's blessing on all that we do. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the story of Joseph and all the ways it applies to us today. Help us to be um, good parents, good students, good diligent workers for you in whatever our circumstance may be. And Lord, we ask that the blessing on the Sabbath school teachers, for the classes, for the participants in whatever capacity, that all would be blessed by a study of your word and by your grace become more like Jesus. For We pray it in Jesus' name.